Hey weirdo, what's your superpower, and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your superpower might be. I'm Charlie White, and I'm so glad you're joining me here for the story today. We got a message on Facebook from two superfans, 11-year-old Alistair and 5-year-old Adelina from Chicago, Illinois. They listen to Just Us Weirdos on long car rides and prefer longer episodes. Thanks for letting us know. We're not going to make every episode a long one, but just for you two, we'll give you a long one today. That means we're going to skip some of the hijinks here in the intro. I'll just let you know what happened last time. It's been a little while. We took a break from the main story to hear Fish Out of Water's origin story. But if you cast your mind back, you may remember that Fish Out of Water, Beninja, and IT Girl have been on the run from Binary Consolidated. For a while, they were hiding out at Fish Out of Water's parents' house. Fish gave in and told his parents that he was actually a superhero, and his parents pulled off a super stunt of their own to protect the kids against Binary Consolidated. But they realized they needed a more permanent plan. Fish remembered an older friend named Welsh, who we actually met in Fish's origin story, and everyone agreed that it was a good idea for Jules Jones and Kirby Kuramoto to hide out with Welsh while they figured things out. Meanwhile, Dagny, who's been plotting something on her phone this entire season, says she's going to go back to Quadropolis to look for Amina and remind her that she's a superhero too. So Dagny, Kirby, and Jules all hopped into Mrs. Jones' van, and they headed out to a strange location to meet with Welsh and see how he could help them. Just as a warning before we get started, today's episode contains scenes of spandex, snot, and betrayal. If you're troubled by any of this content, just say to yourself, is what's in my nose appropriate for kids? And then say, no, it's not. For the rest of you, get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue 25 of Just Us Weirdos. Chasing Rainbows. Paper coffee cups blow like driftweed through the barren, broken concrete surface of an abandoned drive-in movie theater. Dagny had worried that Mrs. Jones' car wouldn't make it through the waist-high grasses pressing up through the cracks between the asphalt, but the broken surface proves a harder thing to drive on than the foliage. Now Dagny nervously studies the empty horizon surrounding them on all sides, as if waiting for something terrible to come. I'm sorry, Jules begins to say. Don't, son, Mrs. Work says. Your father and I have always told you that we would support you becoming the person you need to become. She gives him a gentle smile, full of love and meaning. Kirby chuckles. <laughs> and right now, you need to become a secret agent from a bad spy movie. Jules actually snorts a laugh, not caring that Kirby ruined the mood. Welsh is a weird guy. He's been super paranoid ever since the thing on the sub. He said he's going to help me out but he told us we had to meet in this weird place. Speaking of which, he's expecting us to be supers, so we gotta get our suits on. And mom, it's time for you to go. Mrs. Jones says, I'm not going anywhere. Jules turns to face her. He's not gonna come unless he's only meeting supers. Mrs. Jones shrugs. 
Then I guess I'll just have to pretend to be a super. Editorial note. Unfortunately for our director of photography, the kid's ability to have a cool montage of changing into superhero gear has been severely compromised in the chase through the sewers by the binary drone. But we'll do the best we can. Jules takes off his jacket. Underneath, he's wearing something that looks kind of like a wetsuit. It's a dark blue trainer suit for swimmers. He reaches into an athletic bag in the back of the car and takes from it a matching swim cap and blue and silver swim goggles. As he stretches the swim cap over his cornrowed hair, he says, It's the best I could do on short notice. At least it fits my theme. Dagny smiles at him. You certainly do look like a fish out of water. She's still got on her deep hooded hoodie that Butlerbot made for her, although she's ripped out the comm unit to make sure it couldn't get tracked. Although Butlerbot first gave Dagny this supersuit about a month ago, she feels like she's had it for years, and all of a sudden, she misses Kirby's robot assistant terribly. The memory of Butlerbot's demise rushes back as if it's happening again, and Dagny bites her lip to try to remain in the present. Are you crying? Kirby says. Dagny wipes at her eyes with her thumbs. Please don't make a joke about me right now. But Kirby hangs his head and mutters. You're thinking about Butlerbot, right? He looks over at Jules' backpack in the back of the car, where the head of his recently destroyed robotic friend lays quiet. Dagny just nods. Kirby stares at a rock on the ground for a moment, summoning his resolve. Back in the sewers, you said you could still hear him when you use your technopathy. If you're going back to Quadropolis, I want you to take his head. Maybe he can help you. Now Dagny actually starts crying. This whole experience has been kind of unexpected, but every surprise of the day is dwarfed by the shock of Kirby being kind and talking without a joke. Dagny walks over and grabs Jules' backpack, then runs to Kirby and gives him a hug. Man, you need a shower, Kirby says. There's the joke. Mrs. Jones' muffled voice interrupts them. We need to keep moving. Jules' mystery man is coming and expecting to meet with a group of supers. She's put on Jules' discarded jacket with the hood up and has stretched one of the wonder masks over her face. I'm Supermom, if anybody asks. Kirby sighs. I'm your biggest liability here. Both of my identities, Beninja and Kirby, are now wanted by the police. He shakes his head. I've got to be somebody brand new. I've got to look like somebody new. Jules hands his swim bag to Kirby and says, You're welcome to use anything you can find in here. Kirby pulls out the contents of the bag. An orange swimsuit, a can of shaving cream, a razor, a pair of black long underwear pants and top, a blue towel, a bathrobe, and a bottle of shampoo. There's not really too many good choices. He grabs the razor and long underwear and steps behind the van. Moments later, he comes back dressed all in black, with a strip from the top cut off and pulled around his eyes like a mask. Kirby runs his hands through his anime-style spiky hair with yellow frosted tips and says, It took years to grow this out, but it's gotta go. He sighs and hands the razor to Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones nods and tells him to sit on the bumper. Moments later, Kirby is surrounded by spikes of his own hair. Mrs. Jones has shaved him completely bald. His friends stare at him. He's lost everything now, including his hair. But Kirby is ready to move on. 
Are we ready to send the signal, he says. Mrs. Jones gives a nod and steps back into the van, flickering the headlights. After a minute of uncomfortable waiting, their heads whip up to the right as a deep growling sound emerges from the woods. Mrs. Jones steps forward to put herself between the kids and this menacing sound as a flat, gray-colored truck rips through the tree line. Binary? Kirby says. Dagny has already put a hand to her head and is reaching out with technopathy. No, she says. It's full of computers, but they don't feel like binary. It's him. Jules says. As the truck approaches, they see the color isn't the truck itself. It's a collection of steel plates that have been welded onto the sides of the truck. The plates go almost all the way to the ground, covering most of the tires and giving the truck an odd squat look. The growling sound it makes is a mixture of a souped-up engine and the grinding of the metal plates over bits of ground as the truck hits bumps or an uneven surface. The truck slows as it nears. A computer-distorted voice comes from the truck. I thought there were only two of you. Mrs. Jones responds. Only two of us are going. Who's coming then? Asks the distorted voice from the truck. Fish steps forward and says, I am. I call myself Fish Out of Water now. My friend Beninja is coming too. The back of the truck opens up and an older-looking red-headed boy with pale skin steps out. Steampunk-style goggles obscure his eyes, which look out of place next to the multicolored tie-dye t-shirt and bright yellow rain pants he wears. His voice is far less intimidating when it's not coming through the distorter. Fish out of water? Huh, that's kind of a mouthful. He walks confidently from the truck to Jules and grins at him, then gives him a hug. It's good to see you safe and away from binary. Dagny says, So I take it you were on the submarine with... The older boy interrupts. Yes, but let's not break identity. What do we call you then? I'm Rainbow Chaser. Fish told me a bit of what you all can do. My powers are more, um, supporting. Long story short, a rainbow isn't just a trick of the light. It's a gateway to a parallel dimension. My powers allow me to see through that gate and communicate through it. Beninja snickers. <laughs> what do you do? Talk to leprechauns? Rainbow Chaser gives Beninja a flat look. You're the one who throws bananas, right? Beninja stops laughing. Rainbow Chaser continues. The people I talk to don't use that name for themselves. They call themselves the tribe. And if I get to the rainbow fast enough and catch a member of the tribe poking their head through into our dimension? Rainbow Chaser's words are interrupted by the rumble of thunder surrounding them. Everyone, except Dagny, is looking around to see where the sound is coming from. Dagny just stares at the sky with a sour expression on her face. There's no storm forecast for today, Rainbow Chaser says. He runs back to his truck and begins checking weather forecast computers. And there's no clouds around us. Beninja yells to IT Girl over the terrible sound. That's got to be a plane of some kind. Is it binary? 
IT girl doesn't have her hand on her head. She isn't using technopathy. She also doesn't look scared, just sad. It isn't binary, she says. Just then, in the blue sky above them, three white flowers seem to bloom out of nothing. Rainbow Chaser dials in the lenses on his steampunk mask to zoom in. He says, Those are parachutes, but what are they jumping from? But Ninja squints up at the parachutes and says, And what is attached to them? Is that a gorilla? Fish yells, Yeah, and a rhino, and an alligator. Rainbow Chaser says, No, that's a crocodile. Look at the nose. But Ninja yells, This is just about the time where IT Girl should be saying something like, Now's not the time for a debate. Or she should be reaching out with her technopathy to try to find the invisible plane that these things are jumping from so she can reboot it. But why is she just standing there staring? Beninja is right. IT Girl is just staring at the sky with a sad look on her face as the parachuting animals get closer to the ground. She finally breaks her silence. Don't hate me. We're in a really bad spot. We had to figure out a way to stop Mrs. Work. And this is the best way I saw to do it. The parachuting animals are about 50 feet above them right now. The crocodile cranes its head over to look somewhere near Mrs. Jones, and its eyes begin to glow red. Uh, um, kids, I think you should get in the car, Mrs. Jones says, just as she turns to take a step towards her minivan. Lasers shoot out of the crocodile's eyes. They lance straight into the engine block of her van, and it goes up in a huge fireball. Beninja turns to IT Girl yelling, What have you done? But IT Girl isn't looking at him. She's typing a message on her phone. She hits send. Far above them, muffled by the sound of the plane, they can just barely hear. A moment later, a shape begins to shimmer in the sky above them, and a large plane appears. It's hovering in place, and it seems to be lowering towards the friends. Get over to my truck, yells Rainbow Chaser. But Ninja, Fish Out of Water, and Mrs. Jones all start running. But there's a loud thud in front of them as the rhinoceros hits the ground and turns to face them. A second thud comes from behind as the gorilla lands, and the three friends see the laser crocodile land near Rainbow Chaser's truck. Fish turns to Dagny, who isn't running. Dagny, snap out of it. You've got to come with us. He runs back to grab her arm, but the gorilla moves first. Ripping its parachute off, it takes a step forward and grabs Fish out of water by the leg, lifting him right off the ground. Beninja jumps toward the beast to try to help, but ends up just getting himself caught in the gorilla's other massive paw. Jules, Mrs. Jones yells. Mom, Fish yells. I'll get my way out of this. Get over to Rainbow Chaser's truck. But before she can move, the rhino faces her down. She stares at the car-sized beast, every muscle in her body tense. The rhino paws at the ground, and Mrs. Jones gets ready to run. Then the rhino sneezes. 
A massive blob of goo, like the shot of a sticky foot cannon, flies from the rhino's nostril. It slams into Mrs. Jones' feet, gluing her to the ground. Meanwhile, the laser crocodile is chewing on the tires of Rainbow Chaser's truck. Rainbow jumps out of the truck, carrying a fire hose, and he blasts it at the laser croc. The force of the jet pushes the crocodile back a few feet. Hey, Rainbow, Beninja yells from the grip of the gorilla. Hit fish with that hose. Rainbow Chaser turns the stream of water toward the gorilla. As water cascades over Jules Jones, he taps into his superpower and transforms himself into a bass. He bends his body and does a fish flop, flying all the way to Rainbow Chaser's truck, transforming back into a boy on the way. The descending plane is now landing near them. The laser croc begins to slither back toward the truck, and Rainbow Chaser yells, We've got to get out of here. We need more help to save them all. Fish looks out of the back of the truck. Beninja is still being held by the gorilla. IT Girl is just staring at the plane like she's expecting something. And his mom is stuck to the ground by the snot rhino. Mom! He yells as Rainbow Chaser hits the gas and begins to speed away. The plane's door opens. Stepping off the plane is Mrs. Ponzone with a smile on her face. She approaches IT Girl. Mrs. Ponzone puts a hand out to IT Girl to shake her hand, but Dagny does not return it. I'm not your friend, IT Girl says to Mrs. Ponzone. I just need your help to stop Mrs. Work and get the mind-controlling Caduceus away from her. And you were not supposed to hurt my friends. Let them go. Mrs. Ponzone gives IT Girl a sickening smile. I don't think I can do that, darling. I'm not ready to trust you yet. IT Girl folds her arms. I couldn't agree more. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to another episode of Just Us Weirdos. I'd like to thank 11-year-old Charles of Vancouver, Canada. He recently wrote in with a villainous letters idea. If we get more of those, we'll bring the villainous letters segment back. So all of you listening right now, even if you've written in before, feel free to go to our website at justusweirdos.com and tell us about your hero or your villain ideas. We'll try to make up a funny story that incorporates them. While you're at our website, you can subscribe so you get the newest episode every week when it comes out. You can also visit us on Facebook and Twitter at Just Us Weirdos. Or ask your parents to send us an email at hero at justusweirdos.com. Thanks as always to Joe Carnwath, who wrote, performed, and produced our theme music, with Trumpet by James Carnwath. Check out Joe's music online at joecarnwath.com or find him on Spotify. The music you're listening to right now is Cinderella, used by permission from Love Hustler, who you can also find on Spotify. Thanks for listening, and remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos.